Tell me something, what sounds better? A life spent designing and living your dream? Or a life spent worrying about a future that hasn't happened yet? And a past that's no longer a reality? First have to understand like you're in control of your body. The surefire way to fail is to not start. This is about sharing strategies to enhance our lives as much as we possibly can. This is so much more than just fitness. Welcome to Beyond 360's Peak Performance Podcast with your hosts, Colton Chapman and Tristan Newman. All right, guys, welcome back to Beyond 360 for this episode. We have an awesome guest this week. Um, at this point in time, he is a master's in exercise science. He's ACE certified in personal training and in nutrition. Um, we've actually we've we've had him on this this show before, and we got a lot of really really good reviews. His name's Ryan Hanks. Um, today we're going to be covering a couple of different topics and some listener questions. So our our main two topics for today is why program design in the first place, and why it should be catered to you know your goals, and also going to cover something that Ryan's really passionate about, which is more unconventional training styles. That a lot of people leave out of their programming and end up, you know, kind of hurting themselves because of it or just not getting the best results possible. So I'll go ahead and hand it on over to you, Ryan, and um, just go ahead and give them a, a quick little background. I'd like to start with a little information on you. So, um, what got you into this this whole lifestyle in the first place? Um, well, I guess if I'm being completely honest, there was a girl when I was probably 13 years old that caught my eye and all the other big guys were bench pressing <laughs> so i just hopped underneath the barbell and started going to town on it right nice. but yeah i don't know um my old man it, my old man looks just like me like he's he's not that i'm stacked by any means but he's he played nose guard in college and the guy's just he's just a bowling ball of muscle like nice. he's he's just built like a brick shit house you got the genetics for sure uh, yeah well yeah, we'll call him that. Hopefully, I don't have his hairline. Mine's a little high right now, but he was completely bald. So, it's hey man, pretty... they've, they've got plugs and shit. Now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that's why I'm always wearing the hat. Got to cover it up. Oh yeah. One day I, I was watching uh, on YouTube how they do the hair transplants and like they put the plugs in and it's like thousands of holes on your scalp. So it's crazy. crazy. I actually know a guy who got it done. Um, very interesting what they do because they take it like from the back of your head. Yeah individual hairs mm. with a plug and they re-implant it with uh, some kind of solution on the top of your head That's so and, crazy. and like it, it kind of dies off at first and then grows back stronger in like six weeks but what it's like that's bleed, funny it's like i'm gonna need to do that one yeah that's yeah. wild yeah you know what? what you i think next time i come on the show i think we should uh we should just Take his phone and then we should go through his YouTube history and see what he's been watching. Yeah. That was some interesting <laughs> shit. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> you would learn yeah. so much, but a little too much. I mm -hmm. think. So, yeah. it's, it's scary what I have on there. Yeah. And uh, I honestly think about that a little bit. Um, and like, if you know what people watch on YouTube, you know what they think on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Me, for me anyway. Yeah. Well, that's like, the algorithm that's though. A, that's a, like you just pull up YouTube and it brings up every single show that's yeah. related well, to what you're watching. Well, not anymore. I'm on DuckDuckGo. Yeah. And I I no longer allow YouTube to track my history, so no no, no big yeah. brother. Huh? Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> no say. No trace. Biden doesn't know what you're up to. I'm going on 
on uh, anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's the way to go. Man. Yeah, I'm big brother. It's not like I'm hiding anything, but I just feel like privacy is something we should we should uphold. Yeah, in the I'm, future. I'm yeah, a absolutely. professional. I don't know if this is this isn't a video podcast by any means, but I have a Pornhub shirt on. And I'm a professional at clearing my search history. Hundred percent. Oh, I yeah. think after like fourteen years old, you just have to learn. Like, I made a mistake one day. Oh God! <laughs> like, oh I tried God! To, I tried. To, <laughs> I tried to show my dad something on my phone. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> you definitely seen it, but we both act like you never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I heard. I heard the story of of some trainer who brought his iPad to the gym. And he, he had, like, an anatomy app on it, right? And he brought it with, he's looked at porn on it before, so he brought it with to show his client, like, what he was talking about from the day before. Oh, and he didn't clear his history. Oh, and it, br- it like, showed up Pornhub, like, front page. Oh, my God. Like, what an just, awkward situation. Yeah, but, but he said, he, said he, he was just like, whoops, and then cleared it and then brought the anatomy back. The anatomy app. You gotta keep up. rolling. Just, yeah, he just focus on he that. played it off. Yeah. Just played it you off. You gotta cool. keep rolling. That's all you That's can do. So that embarrassing. Point. That's freaking hilarious, dude. <laughs> so, you you started off for a girl, which I think, in all reality, most a, a lot of men yeah. do. You know, that's why you want to, you know, big chest, big biceps, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, what made you become? a coach then what made you push it further because a lot of people start working out and don't end up becoming a coach yeah um i mean kind of like the typical story of any trainer right like you have people ask you for help all the time i think you guys talked about this in your last podcast not that i've been following you guys a whole lot but yeah. i've been following you guys a little bit oh, good. but i mean you guys talked about it last time yeah. right like people start asking you for help and you're like oh maybe i'm kind of good at this yeah. and, and you get confident with it and then you want to learn more and more and more and I think it's like turns into an obsession almost. Yeah. You're like, I have to know everything right. that I can. Yeah. So as I was growing up, that's all I wanted to do. Like I was in the gym morning, night. I was playing football. Like I, I was decent at football enough to where like I, I saw results on the field and I was like, oh shit, this stuff is kind of fun. Like I'm doing pretty good with it. Heck yeah. And then I decided to dedicate six years of college to it and three more right now. So. That's awesome, yeah. dude. What a huge goal. It's a lot of years. Doctor, right? A lot yeah. of years. I'm, I keep telling University of South Dakota, not that anybody from there is going to listen to this one, but if by the time I graduate, they should be making like a plaque or a statue of me by the time I leave or like name a building after me. I've given them so much damn money already. So yeah, right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Dude. You can dream. <laughs> name the wellness center after me. There you go. Yeah. What, what would the pose be, though? You know, like, would you be like double biceps in it? Or would just, it be I'm like, not a, like a nice, like, no. something like <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like simple. Yeah, I'm not a double bicep guy. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> yeah. I Maybe. was thinking like the old statues with the guys, like, the, the not that impressive, you know. <laughs> what are you not saying here? Yeah, what, are, what are you trying to say here? <laughs> Classic guys that yeah. just didn't look You know the statues yeah. I'm no. talking about. Mine would, like, they put that on the statue? Yeah. Like, Mine would definitely be me sitting at a table with a spoon and a jar of peanut butter sitting right there. And I just how much peanut butter time. do you eat on a daily basis? Well, I like I said, I'm in prep right now. I'm in, uh, I'm in powerlifting prep. And I'm going through like a jar every eight to nine days, eight to ten days. Dang. Yeah. That's a lot of peanut Do you drink milk with it at least? Milk? Yeah. With peanut butter? Yes. That sounds like a lot. 
That's the only way I'll, I, I will drink, uh, or I'll, I'll take a bowl, put milk in it, and a, a fat scoop of peanut butter, and that'll be like a snack. Really? What? That's an interesting snack. I've that never is heard peanut butter is way too dry. You gotta have some milk. You're just not getting the right kind of peanut butter. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, like the best <laughs> peanut butter you can buy. <laughs> this is a good shit. I've just, I've never heard of anybody putting peanut don't, butter in milk. Don't criticize my peanut butter choice. Hey. It's a fact. It's peanut butter is dry. You give peanut butter to anybody, just a fat scoop of peanut butter, they're it's, gonna have dry mouth. It's too dry? Yeah. So you give them milk? Yes. Wasn't it wasn't it Ron Burgundy who said that it's too damn hot to have milk right now in the summer or something like that? We're in Florida right now. How do you walk outside? Like a cool glass of milk, that that's refreshing. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) What do you mean? You can obviously see that every trainer has a slightly different perspective. I was gonna say there's there's just not enough caffeine in milk for me. I don't know if I'd waste (laughs) my time trying to drink it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Milk is the secret sauce. That's how I got these guns. Oh, yeah. We do need to... You know what? We need to turn this into a video podcast. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. That's the next step. Give us some time. We we need baby steps. Okay. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to show off those guns like that, we need somebody to look at them. Picturing them in in their mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big guns. (laughs) The biggest. The biggest guns. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, I want you to take it over. Um, and, and if, let's just say like, like a client came up and was like, Hey, you know, I'm getting into lifting and I'm doing this, you know, this bodybuilding program out of a a magazine or whatever. And, you know, they were like, but I don't know if this is right for me. Mm. You know, my, my goal is just general fitness or whatever health. What would you tell them? Like, why do they need to have a specific program? And, you know, what direction should they go with it based on their goals? Yeah, I think everybody's just different, right? Like, everybody has their own limitations that might not allow them to do what everybody else. Like, I mean, say, Big Gun's over here, what he does That's true. in in a normal gym setting, right? Like, <laughs> he's, he's deadlifting and squatting and overhead pressing and doing all these different fancy things that everybody wants to try to get to, but a lot of people just have these limitations to where they can't they can't do it right like i've got this shoulder i've had this shoulder injury for a while now it's slowly getting better how do you not fix this because i've been <laughs> negligent like that's i've just hey, been lazy honest. about it right like hey, i i feel that and like my dad not to interrupt you but i'm kind of interrupting you but like my dad is a mechanic yeah and growing up he always had a shitty car mm-hmm. and it, he just made a joke at it like my neck hurts i'm mm-hmm. a personal trainer working on corrective exercises, mm-hmm. sir, my neck hurts on a daily basis. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know how to work on it yeah. and help it. I just don't do it. That, that's the thing with, like, we always had this carpenter back at home, and, and, like, this guy did immaculate work, right? Like, he built porches for my old man. He did all this different woodwork. We dropped him off at his, at his house one time. His house was just run down. Like there were, like I walked inside and there's a massive hole in the drywall. Like, dude, like you do this for a living. Take ten minutes out of your day and just fix the goddamn thing. But like, like, you don't get paid to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. But like, I don't know. It's plus you're putting so much time and effort into other people. Like you just, you just try to get your workouts in when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've just been negligent. It's something that I've been working on a lot more lately now that i'm back in school and i'm sitting on my butt for 10 to 14 hours a day so i get up and try to stretch and it's been it's been working a little bit that's good yeah 
Well, and I mean, it's good like for the listeners too, because, you know, I think a lot of people see a trainer and they just automatically assume that we we're just perfect robots mm-hmm. and, you know, we eat right all the time and we never like drink, we never like, you know, stay up too late or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, we're always doing our mobility work. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we're just humans. I mean, I'm in the same sort of boat, you know, going to school full time and, and got kids and all this other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And when you have that much going on, you do what you can. 100%. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that that can be a, a huge key point for people, too, is like, don't make excuses and and wait for the perfect time mm-hmm. to start because it's never going to be perfect. Like, you, you just got to get it in when you can, do what you can, and just continue to work forward. Through. Yeah. Do right. what you can, when you can, with what you have. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. I hate to see people beat themselves up, man. Yeah. Like, I have a client that just started working out again after, like, a two-year break. Mm. Um, we've been going at it for, like, three weeks, and she was really upset that she didn't hit all her goals last week. Mm. But I'm just like, you went from doing zero yeah. to working out four times a week. You know, that's mm-hmm. a huge difference. And it just is. the fact that you, you're moving four times a week instead yeah. of doing zero is a huge increase in, uh, in volume, number one, but just quality of life. Mm-hmm. Like, you're increasing your odds of success by simply moving. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta look Way at the, more than you were doing three weeks ago. Right. Look at look at the bigger picture, right? Yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta look at the forest for the trees and, and see all the little things that you've done to get to where you are now. And then look back to where you started. That's why I think I have I have clients who, I mean, their goal is simply aesthetics, and I'll try to stray them away from that sometimes. But like just to keep them on track, like, or to keep them somewhat like relative to what we're trying to or like cognizant of what we're trying to do. That's why I have them track weights that we're trying to build, right? Yeah. Like that's that's why I have them, like I have them with a mount with a macro calculator or like a like a spreadsheet to where they track everything, right? And then they track their weights and then we'll take pictures every six weeks. Right. So that way we kind of stay on track with, with the goal at hand, but we can also adjust as we go. Absolutely. Yeah. You you evolve it, Mm -hmm. but I think it is, it's so important to make sure that things are like focused in on, on what they want and that their, you know, their goals are measurable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you said, you know, if you're going up in weight, on your exercises and you're noticing those little differences in those six week pictures, seeing a little change in weight, like it's a lot for your body to make those changes. So, you know, don't, don't underestimate what you've done. Like if you've gone up five pounds in your bench press, that's actually pretty big. That's huge. It's huge. You know how long it takes. We were just talking about Dan Bell, right? Like the world's strongest power lifter. 2606 is a number that nobody's going to touch for a while. That's the, his total kilos that, that he, or his total weight that he hit in comp, That's which crazy. is insane. Yeah. But like a five pound increase on his bench press puts him that much more ahead of everybody. Like it, it takes him months just to get that extra five pounds. Absolutely. Right? Like those are small changes over time. He's also at a different level. Oh yeah. When you're, when you're starting, you add five pounds a week for easy three, four, yeah. five weeks at yeah. a time. The quote-unquote newbie gains, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. you just start something. Everyone's going to, like, if you tell Dan that you mm. added 25 pounds this week to your max, yeah, or 25 pounds this year to mm. your max, he's going to, that's envious. He's gonna be, yeah, exactly, yeah, like, right? Hey, like, man, I'm, yeah. I miss those days. Yeah, I'm no, sh- that. no shit, right? Like, but they're, they're working with fractions of pounds yep. or, yep. you know, yep. micro plates. Exactly. 
and and adding that on a weekly basis yeah. and, or you know there's obviously there's different ways to progress you can yeah. go up in reps up in weight yeah and that that's what i think like a, a lot of people don't understand like it i as a trainer right like as you sell more and more training to more people like the the quote is um under promise over deliver right like yeah like p you need to let these people understand that it's going to take time i think the like the there's was a study that had like the neurological like um uh like learning curve for new people walking into a gym was like 13 weeks or something like that right like that's that's this is when they're when their body starts adapting and like learning how to do all these new movements that you're trying to teach them right like okay. how many people walk outside and do a lunge right like not a lot but when you try to do it in a gym people get frustrated because they can't do it right away but it's going to take a long time because they don't do it very often right so that's yeah. that neurological adaptation and then after that 13 weeks that's when you really start seeing like like increases in muscle increases in strength increases in like you see hypertrophy fat more fat loss it just takes time yeah that's really interesting actually because yeah that makes sense if you think about it like the average personal training program is like just barely long enough like when you yeah. sell a package mm -hmm. it's like barely long enough to get them to that point yeah and i think so many people will come into it thinking oh i'll get one package for three months yeah. and then like i'll just know everything i need to know yeah. and i can go off on my own or why yeah. can't i buy one session and you just show me what to do exactly <laughs> show right? me everything oh, i God, need to know in I've one been session there. <laughs> When I first started managing a gym back in my hometown, like that's that's what would happen. Like they would buy yeah. ten sessions at a time. If you're starting with somebody new, we're not gonna get a whole lot done in ten sessions. Like I can make you sweat. Like sure, if yeah. you want to lose five pounds in like the two sessions that I see you, like we'll lose a pound a week. Like I can make that happen. Right. But we're, you're not gonna get very far in the long run. Like you're gonna put that How five pounds on in the like the two weeks I don't see you afterwards. How do you yeah. how do you tell that to somebody who like they you need their trust first yeah number one yeah. like you know you, like I don't trust chiropractors okay? that's fair if I'm if, if I go fair. to yeah. <laughs> if I go if I go to a chiropractor and he tells me he's got to see me once a week for yep. the next eight weeks yep. or I'm not gonna get better yep. I'm not buying a word that man nope so I feel like he just wants me coming back for my money yeah and I feel like sometimes people apply that same logic to training mm. like we could show them what they need to do in one session or even write it out for them to do later but that it's not always true yeah or almost never true and I and I think like that that's I mean if we're gonna go micro or macro picture here right like that sets apart the differences between good trainers and bad trainers or good chiropractors and bad chiropractors is like Instead of just saying, yeah, I'll see you once or twice a week for the next eight weeks. Come in, I'll crack your neck. See you later. But like they give you things outside of the yeah. chiropractic office of the gym to do, right? In order to get better, because what do doctors do, right? Like doctors prescribe a pill. They don't say, okay, we're gonna see you twice a week and for the next eight weeks. Just doctors give you a pill, right? Yeah. And they're like, here, take this. And if you want to get better, take the pills like on the days that they're prescribed for. My, I think my, chiropractors and trainers are the same thing, right? Like, we're, we're yeah. giving them a pill, essentially. Like, that's how it should be. But a lot of people don't do that. My doctor told me not to bend over. 
when I told him my back was hurting. Your doctor's an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. Your doctor's <laughs> an absolute asshole. Let's just put that out there yeah. right now that doctors, if you're listening to this and your doctor told you like you can't squat because you have back pain or something like that, do not listen to a doctor about like kinesiology movement and stuff like that we're, like we're that's tr- not their that's not their specialty and i i really don't we're like treading it when lightly when yeah and, and yeah. obviously doctors have their place like yeah. you can't get rid of them if you break your back you got to go to a doctor you right. can't come to a freaking personal training mm-hmm. but i think it's important to to remember that that's not their specialty yeah. it's you know if you have something going on with your back or whatever go to a physical therapist you know, somebody who's actually going to try to help you fix it mm. and then refer you to the right people afterwards, mm. you know, go to a trainer afterwards to learn how to, to maintain all the change and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to cram that much information? Like people spend lifetimes learning how to exercise alone, yep. let alone how to prescribe pills, what the pills do, the the interaction between medications, uh, you know. And all the, the ex- like you can't add that in on top of exercises. It's like you, a doctor, how does someone know all that? Yeah. They you can't. know, you spend eight years yeah. of their lives understanding anatomy and, and functions of medications. Yeah. Let alone yeah. exercise on top of that. Like we can only expect so much. Mm-hmm. And they I have mean, like, like a month long, they have like a month long course on nutrition and people still go like, it's a exactly, month long, right? Yeah. But like people, people still go to doctors for nutritional advice. Like what the hell do they know? I, yeah. I mean, How just, can we expect them to know yeah. that? No, yeah, you can't. exactly. It'd be like me trying to prescribe a, a pill or something. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with that. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, That's illegal. Like, which, yeah. which is why like I've spent, I've spent six years in college dedicated to it. I've been lifting since I was 12. I've been a personal trainer since I was 19, right? I've, I've ran my own gym. I've traveled states. I did fairly well in both states, personal training. And now I'm expanding onto coaching while I'm going back to stool, back to stool. I'm going back to school in order to get my, in order to get my physical therapist degree, right? So I'm going to be a doctor of physical therapy. And the thing is like, people look at those two letters in front of your name and they recognize them, right? Like, they take that yeah. as an authority of education. Of course. When really, like, I I doubt anybody from my class listens to this, but, like, I have I have a couple classmates who I could pick out individually and be like, I wouldn't fucking hire you, like, if but you were my everywhere. last option, right? Yeah, like That's any anywhere you go. You're going to find yeah. a couple not even referring necessarily to your classmates, mm. but like a couple of people who just aren't very good at what they do. Yeah, no, 100%. You know? and like, they're not made and like, for it. And like, the thing is, they have the title. Like, they're going to have the title and people are yeah. going to look at them, look to them for education, right? Because they look at them as an authority of this field. But really, like, they don't have boots on the ground, right? Like, yeah. I... I would trust you guys more than I would trust those individual classmates that I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but like, but like, that's the thing, like, yeah, you guys have had your boots on the ground compared to those guys. There is yeah, a difference between understanding and knowing, mm-hmm. and like yeah, understanding uh, and and applying knowledge, mm. and then just having knowledge like yeah. in books. You know, yep. everyone knows the inexperienced book smart guy. Yep. Like, I'm. I think I'm still that guy. Mm. Like I study a lot and I know a lot of terms. I haven't had the the experience to apply all that. Yeah. 
and, and to make it like part of your muscle memory. Right. Like that's right. one thing I've noticed is a big difference between me and my classmates in massage therapy mm. school is that for me, like supraspinatus, Terry's major, mm. like all that sort of stuff is like, that's a word I use every single day of my mm. life. I know exactly where it is, exactly <laughs> what it does, mm. you know. So learning the A&P stuff for that is just like, it's nothing. It's, yeah. it's natural for me to just know that. And I think that makes a really big difference. And it's, that's a reason why, you know, if, if you are looking for, for help or whatever, do your research. Like we were saying, you know, in the last podcast about looking for a trainer, mm. you, there's good and bad in every field. You yeah. want to do your research and make sure that the, the quote unquote professional you're going to really has done their, you know, their time and they know what they're doing and they've gotten results and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's why social media is like so such a blessing in disguise with this stuff yeah. anymore, right? Because like there's so much misinformation going around. Yeah. And you can go to somebody's page and they'll have the title and they'll have the followers. And like they'll look at all their information out there and be like, oh, yeah, I'll follow this guy. I'll hire him. I'll pay him for whatever I need. When really like it's just it's just a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah, they took but, a weekend certification or something yeah. somewhere, barely know where the pec major is, yeah. and like that's what we talked about last week, though, mm-hmm. like how to spot, how to tell the difference between a good trainer, yeah, and someone a little more questionable, right? Yeah, I hate to say bad trainer, but there's obviously bad trainers oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, but we worked with a couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody has at oh, one yeah. point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is. If, if somebody comes in and, you know, like, like we were talking about, about the program design and everything, and let's, let's pick something specific because, you know, I think a lot of people coming to this are going to be, you know, they have a very specific goal. So let's say they're doing, you know, uh, weight loss or whatever, and they're going to do a bodybuilding program. Mm-hmm. Why is that not right? Like, why, why would they want to do something slightly different to be able to hit that goal? Yeah. I mean, if the if the goal is simply weight loss, a bodybuilding program isn't going to be wrong, right? But it's probably not going to be the best for them, right? Not ideal. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, right. right? And that's that goes back to the to everybody's own individual. Like, we got to look at morphology. We have to look at how the like their movement patterns. We have to look at the, how they react to different exercise modalities. Or just like we could start somebody just on a treadmill, mm-hmm. right? Like that's taking somebody from zero to something yeah. that's going to be an intervention that that's going to be appropriate for somebody just coming in off the streets or off the couch yeah. like it's it's all it all varies on on like individual on the individual themselves right so the bodybuilding program isn't wrong but it's probably not the place that most people should start just because like there's a lot of a lot of volume a lot of a lot of work that needs to be done that yeah is probably too much for most people it's it, and they're going to deal with some pretty intense delayed onset muscle soreness yep. and stuff like that, which could perturb them and push them away from exercise altogether. Yeah, right, like that's I've the thing. Seen people, that a lot. people are always trying to find the quick fix, and that's what they look to because they see the bodybuilders like online and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, I don't look like that guy. Let me, let me get three months and and let me try to look like him." But them doing what the bodybuilders do isn't going to translate to what they want to look like, and it honestly. It's it's not who they should want to look like either. Like, what they should want to look like is a better version of the, of themselves, not Ronnie Coleman. Yes, that's glorious mm-hmm. because I think so many people come into this and 
just like you said, they see somebody on Instagram or something that looks, you know, just ripped and freaking huge. And they're like, oh, I want to look like that. But in all reality, A, that's not realistic. You have a whole different shape and size and all that sort of stuff. And B, do you really want to live that lifestyle? Like ask, that's where the, the question really comes in is it's like, if you want to look like that, expect to spend the next seven years of your life yep. working out two hours a day, you know, two a days mm-hmm. and doing, you know, 30 minutes of cardio every yep. single day. Your whole life revolves around that. Yep. White fish and rice, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the old Ronnie Coleman diet? Pretty Just much. a quote unquote get lean. Yeah, that's, chicken and rice, yep. whatever it is. Chicken and broccoli, yeah, that's a that's the thing. Like that just seems like a miserable lifestyle. That and that's not how most people live. I yeah. want some cake. Yeah. You know? I want yeah. some, I want the cookies, of milk, peanut butter. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> milk and peanut the butter. whole thing, yeah. Well yeah. You gotta leave room for enjoyment. Like yeah. if you don't enjoy things, you're not like bottom line, people do what they wanna do. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a rule of life, especially mm-hmm. working with people you start to understand like they just do what they want period mm-hmm. and if you you gotta influence people and uh there's another word i i use it's uh it, the the main thing is you have to impact their lives and change what they want mm-hmm. to yeah, get them that's to exactly where to, i was going with that too. yeah you have to persuade people you know it's like Unless they want to do something, they're just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, and having, I, I think, too, digging into their intrinsic goals. Mm-hmm. Because I think 99% of the time, there's these deeper intrinsic goals that are making them want to look like that. Like, mm-hmm. they want to be accepted by their peers. Yeah. They want, you know, when they take their shirt off, they want the girl at the beach to be like, oh, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, the the girl wants to, to have the nice glutes and yeah. all this stuff. But... In reality, if you dig deeper and you see what it is they really want out of that, mm. then all of a sudden, once they know that and you've kind of brought that to light, it takes a lot of pressure off because yeah. then they're like, oh yeah, like really it's just that I want acceptance and I, you know, I want to feel confident and comfortable in my own skin. Mm. And when you bring that to light and then you show them how to be able to do that little by little, now that starts building their confidence because yeah. then they're like, okay, I'm doing what I need to do. And I'm, you know, I'm doing what I need to do to, to feel better. And that just builds and builds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think, I think you're right on point. You, you have to see through, you know, all, all the, the obstacles, all the things in front of your face, all, you know, all the superficial stuff to yeah. see what's really going on. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I want to cover something because this, you've always talked about this sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, since I remember you, you like assessed my stability one time and you were like, dude, you're going to break. You want to start doing stability work. I think I was doing the, the hip airplane or whatever. Yeah. And I was yeah. like about to fly over. So why should people start to include more unconventional training styles with what they're doing and the unilateral work and the different planes, you know, give them a little lowdown on all of that. And what does unconventional mean? Unconventional means not, not the normal things that you would see in a gym, right? Like not within sagittal plane movements, not within normal frontal plane movements, right? Like think so like sagittal over, plane is pushing and pulling in front of you, yeah. right? Cut in viewed from a side view, right? So right. it's so if the camera was panned onto your right side while you were pushing or pulling or squatting or something like that, that's a sagittal plane move, movement mm-hmm. pattern. 
Which most exercises are. Which most like exercises are. Ones. Yeah, that's uh, exactly, right? Like, that's, I'll talk about this later, but, like, that's why we see a whole bunch of, like, knee and elbow pain and things like that, right? But, yeah, um, yeah, frontal plane would be, like, overhead press, things like that, where the camera's panned towards the front or the rear of you, right? So we can see the entirety <laughs> of that movement pattern. Yeah. Um, unconventional would be things that that are not, bilateral right think like unilateral work that's on one foot one arm things like that rotational movements yes Ro- big rotational guy over here is, yeah. it, is that what that was that's a big yes yeah i mean yes. i think i would go as far to say like it's very difficult to have a good workout mm. without some transverse plane or some rotation sure yeah, and you're leaving out a major aspect of your movement. Yeah. Almost nothing. Almost nothing we do functionally in daily life. Uh, I mean, we we use the transverse plane all the time. Yep. Almost mm-hmm. nothing we do is in a straight line. Yeah. So we're rotating yeah. very often. Yeah. You know, we're and that's I feel like uh, where a lot of people injure themselves mm-hmm. is in, yeah. That, yeah. in that plane outside of the gym. That's that's why I'm so big onto onto unilateral specifically leg work right because like use unconventional means because life is unconventional in itself yes right that's beautiful yeah and then it's that's why i'm so big like i'm big into single leg work because most of our life like we're walking Mm -hmm. on one foot yeah right like how do you open a door like if I told you to walk over over to that door right now and open it up, right? Like you're not on two feet standing there and you don't pull it into you, right? Like you take a staggered stance. We're going to pull that open yeah. with our right leg and we're going to be in a staggered stance, right? Like With one arm. Yeah, exactly. With one arm. Things like that. So I'm just big into that because, like I said, life is unconventional and it yeah. creates the, the stability aspect of everything is, is is a lot of people overlook it. Like if, Oh, yeah. Because I've been in PT school now, and honestly, I kind of did this when I was training. Like you said, I did this with you guys, but we saw so many hip and knee issues just because people's hips were unstable. Their feet were, their they had pronated feet. They had like uncompensated Trendelenburg signs with a hip hiked, right, or like their oh, yeah. their weak glute meds and things like that. You'd see, you'd see with females specifically, right, because they're always on two feet sagittal plane on their butt this is your favorite hip thrust mm-hmm. right because that's what they that's what they do they yeah. want to get a big ass so they do hip thrusts they do squats they do different funny looking squats just to get a bigger ass with bands wrapped around every single which part Joint of their body, their body. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly right but like you put them on one foot and they're gonna fall right over yeah right same with same with like bodybuilders and same with power lifters i i have friends that they try to put a sock on standing on one foot, right? And they just fall straight over to the side with a hand around their sock still, right? But that's that's the thing. Like, I, I that's why I'm so big on that So stuff. why, like, why is that beneficial? And on, on, in a daily sense, like, why would I, a person that just goes to the gym for, to look good, right? why would I need stability? Reduce just be- the- because of everything I just said, right? Because... Yeah you're going to, life is unconventional, right? And you need stable hips. You need stable joints in order to just compensate for everything that... Is it going to lead to pain or discomfort eventually? Yeah. Deep? Yeah, 100%. That's where I was going. Yeah. yeah. I think it, a lot of times it does. And yeah. then people don't understand that they could have completely altered that, that mm-hmm. track with 
more stability yeah. for energy. I, I always say, like, <clears throat> when it comes to function and mobility, like, you have to have stability, mm. you have to have strength, and you have to have the flexibility. And whatever, however you go about getting those three things, mm. if you have those three things, that's like, you know, those are the three things that are going to help you to prevent injury. Right. You know, mm. um, if you're tight and weak and unstable, mm. that just sounds like a recipe for disaster, yeah. right? You're falling over, your muscles aren't strong enough to handle something, and, you know, uh, you're, you're not flexible. So when that muscle gets to a point where it's, you know, it's being pushed farther than it can go, mm. boom, that's where you get a tear or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm huge into, into unconventional training. That's actually part of what brought me to Strongman mm. is that, you know, in, as a NASM certified trainer, mm. everything is very square yeah. by the book. Like everything has to be super perfect. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was noticing that w if I ever did injure myself, it was when my body had to naturally break out of those confines. Yeah. Like if I had to pick something up that was awkward and made my back round, I might tweak it because I had only strengthened it into that one mm -hmm. straight position. And with strongman, it's a lot of like unconventional lifts, like you know, round, round back stuff and stuff like that. And I'm not saying for your average person to go out there and start round back lifting mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, that just that mentality of doing things that are gonna actually transfer over to your everyday life, where mm -hmm. if you have to pick up a lawnmower and stick it in the back of your truck, you're not gonna you know, twist your back out and be out of the gym for six months because you herniated a disc or something. You're not yeah. going to put wrist straps on, you're lifting yeah. shoes, yeah. and get in perfect form to lift a lawnmower. Mm -hmm. right. It's not. It, you got to be functional with the strength. Yeah. yeah. I said this to a client literally last night. You can't strengthen what you can't get to, right? Like mm -hmm. different movement patterns that you can't get into that you haven't done before, you're not going to be ready for them when the time comes when you have to do them. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't practiced. Yeah. It's, I, I think a lot of people, and this is kind of going backtrack a little bit to what we were talking about, about people thinking that they can learn everything so fast. If you think back to when you were in school mm -hmm. and you were, you know, well, I mean, we are I'm now. Still, yeah, I was going right? to say, we're still in school. But like for those people out there who aren't in school, mm -hmm. you know, you think back to, to when they were in school and when you learn something in class, they teach it to you and then they do like a quick little quiz. Like, okay, do you remember this? Do you remember that? How many of those things did you remember perfectly? almost none of it. Mm. Like you have to have that repetition for it to start to actually get ingrained and be able to be recalled. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you don't practice a specific movement, like you said, let's say they, they never do unilateral leg work mm. um, or split stance leg work like lunges, and then they go to get up off the ground mm. and they have to use a lunge. Good luck. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, you know, your knee's gonna cave in, you're gonna fall over, yeah. hurt yourself. Maybe yeah. you, you know, tear something else because of it. Mm. So yeah, uh, I think it's that is probably one of the most important things yeah. when when coming into this space. Yeah, but if we were to get out of this room right now, and we go ask eighty percent of the population of whatever gym we went to, what is the quote unquote most functional movement that they can think of? What would they say? That's a good question. Yeah, so I know what I would say as a trainer, but those I, I guys, right? Like, like maybe exactly, right? Like most of them would probably say squat. Yeah, but. How many times do you shit a day? Right. Like you like twice? Yeah. You walk everywhere you go. Yep. Right? Like I think the lunge is the most one Oh yeah, the most, for sure. That and the deadlift. Yep. You know, the ability to pick something off the ground and the ability mm -hmm. to get down on the ground and back up functionally. Yep. 
Um, you know, those have always been my, my big go-tos. Sometimes I don't even have people squat, depending yeah. on what their goals are. You know what I mean? If, yeah. If it's somebody that's elderly that's just looking for function. Don't even need it. Right. As yeah. long as they can sit down on a chair and stand back up, they're yeah. fine. Yeah. I I always place them. I, I always say, I stole this from Jordan Shallow. There's no way he's going to what he's gonna ever listen to this either. I keep <laughs> saying that. Nobody wants to hear me talk. But <laughs> Be except, surprised. Except, except for maybe my mom. Hi, mom. But, uh, <laughs> like... Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, Wait. by the way, happy Mother's Day. Um, well, day late. Or is it today? <laughs> yeah, it's yes, yeah, yeah, it's yesterday, it's yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I'm the world's worst son. Holy <laughs> I'm the world's worst son. You're in trouble. Dude, I'm down in Florida. I'm 1,700 miles away. Like, I'll go hug her when I go see her. There but, you <laughs> But, like, even, even with that elderly population, right? Like, I always say, like, I'm not going to have you squat on two or do a leg press on two if you can't stand on one foot. Right, so yes. we'll start with single leg balance, and we'll go from there. What? You start with single leg? Start with single leg balance. Not uh, single I, leg. I won't put them in a lunge. Yeah. I might put them in like an, like an assisted lunge where they're grabbing my hands, things like that, if they get into it. But you want two individually stable legs before you do a bilateral strength movement. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I want... I agree. Exactly. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I won't make you squat on two until you hey, stand we can, on one. We can apply that to relationships, too. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> now, yeah, Here we go. Very deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to so need... You hold on. Let me get a pen. I need to write all of this down. I'm right. very bad at any of these kind of relationships. Relationships yeah. one. Yeah. You cannot take two weak people and make one good relationship. Uh, yeah. 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 I see where you're going yeah. with that. All right. True. You gotta you gotta both strengthen yourself, focus on, on building yourself up and getting your personality and then where you, you come want together. But obviously nothing's gonna be perfect. Yeah. So we have to manage expectations here. Yeah. Like just with legs, you're not gonna have a perfect leg yeah. or two perfect legs. But if you're taking two legs at fifty percent, you don't get a hundred percent squat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Have but you seen Ronnie Coleman though? He had a couple of really good legs there for a little while. Yeah. Damn near perfect, I'd say. <laughs> they were pretty close. Yeah, they're goddamn. They were pretty close. <laughs> but were they stable? I don't know. I mean, he, squat, like eight, he squatted eight hundred. He had an eight hundred pound squat for a double, two weeks out from the Olympia that he won. Isn't That's that insane. wild? He was nice. when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He was talking about the leg press he did. Yeah. Uh, and he got eight instead of nine reps on on this like stupid amount of legs. Yeah. I'm not even gonna say that. I don't even want to know. That's like five thousand. Well over a thousand pounds. Yeah. Uh, on the leg press, and he was like, he can barely walk now, but he's still bitter about the one rep. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the mindset of a champion, though. Yeah. Right? Like is. that's that's just crazy. That one rep yeah. I missed that one time twenty years yep. ago or whatever it's it was. Still bugs yeah. yeah. The yeah, guy, the guy can barely walk right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's still got that same mentality. Oh, yeah, like, he's still that's, trying to live. I, I bet he would take what he has right now. Like, if he knew that he was going to be in the position that he's in today, do you think he'd still want to win the Olympia? Yes. Like, back I then? I think he would 100%. still do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, thousand percent, yeah. But that's any great person. It's yeah. like any great any, athlete. Yeah, yeah, sure. Any any person great at anything, they understand the consequences, yeah. like the sacrifices they're willing to make. Yeah. If they weren't at peace with that, they never would have gotten as far as where yeah. they're going. There was that there was that study that was done a few years ago with the with the um, Olympians, right? Like they they were asked within five years, like if you knew that you were gonna die within the next five years, would you take the gold? Like, would you take the gold today? 
yeah. 95% of them said yes. Or some crazy, it was like 90, 95% said yes. Wow. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Five years. Well, and I've always said, when it comes to like athleticism, because people would ask like, oh, well, should I do strongman to build muscle? Or, you know, should I do like powerlifting mm-hmm. to get stronger? And my answer is always, you know, it depends on, on what you're really trying to get out of it. Because yeah. if you want to be absolutely the strongest you can be for one rep, then absolutely yep. do that that style of training. But that comes with a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're pushing that hard all the time, you are putting wear and tear on your joints, whether you do all the mobility you're supposed to do or not. You know, if you do that for 30 years, yep. you're going to be in that same situation as Ron Coleman. Yep. So, you know, and, and most people, they make that decision yep. on purpose. They're saying, you know, I don't care. Yeah. If, if this kills me, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yep. That's where it stands. Yeah. That's why, okay, so going, going back to the whole, like, making the whole circle here, right? Like, that's why I don't think powerlifting slash bodybuilding would ever be good for somebody just walking into the gym. Exactly. Right? Like, I, I think the, the best thing for them would to be, to work them into training somewhat similar to an athlete, right? Like, I'm not yeah. saying we're going to put them on the field anytime soon. I want like, you to have bigger biceps. Yeah, like... I want you to have good-looking legs. And we'll get you there. Yeah. But we're going to do it to where you can move as effectively as you possibly can. Yes. Yeah. And you will look good. Yeah. Like, chances are, if you're strong and, and you know, you're eating well and you move on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you're going to look good. You're yeah. probably going to look good. If you focus on total health, the aesthetics yes. will come. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always say that, dude. The, I, and, and I've always said, too, I, I see it almost all the time. The people that come in with the intention of aesthetic goals, mm-hmm. I'll slowly wheel them around towards Have performance. To. It's Have so to. tempting then, just to tell yeah. them, that's pointless. Yeah. Like, well, but, you, but you know what? Like, I, I kind of like will do 50-50 a little bit until yeah. I work them into understanding that performance is what's going to get them there. Yeah, and then once they understand that, it's yeah. like freedom. Yeah. They're like, oh my God. So if I just get a little stronger every mm-hmm. week and I just eat the best I can mm-hmm. and make that a little more effective over time, mm-hmm. then I will live the life I yeah. want to live. And then like, they're going to come back and tell you, oh, hey, by the way, like not only do I look good, my knees feel better. Like my yep. my fucking hips got, are starting to feel good. Got like, more energy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like Played that's, with my grandkids yeah. this weekend for the first time. Huge. I was able to keep up. Yeah, I I like going back to like an elderly population. Like I almost tripped when I actually caught myself this time. Right. Like I I've had a couple Parkinson's yes. patients where Parkinson's clients where they had trouble like staying up right after they trip over like a like a walking into a door or something like that. Right. But yeah. They started catching themselves, being a little more "quote unquote" athletic, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what it's all about. How important are strong legs in like advanced age? Because I think like if I was to choose anything to have strength in, it would be my legs. Like, well, I think I, I think I think strength is like a predictor of all cause mortality, right? Like okay. the weaker you are, the quicker or more like not more often you're going to die. You're only going to die once, but I like the you quicker lose, you could die. Yeah, I think yeah. you lose like, yeah. you lose like 1% of your muscle every yep. year after 30 or something like that. Not 30. I think it's like, it's got to be like 40, 45 older, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I think I read that too. You but lose like, muscle. If you're not building that back yeah. or at least adding some stimulus for adaptation, mm-hmm. you're going downhill. 100%. Right? Like yeah. the old adage is, is, after 65, like, you, you fall and break a hip, you go to the hospital, you die of pneumonia. 
Yeah. Like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it is. Brutal. I mean, that's that's how it is. Dude, I had a client. This is actually kind of an interesting story. I had a client that had um, he had had a stroke, Mm -hmm. and he was you know older man, really nice guy. You know, showed up to his workouts. He loved it. But he was not doing so well financially, and so he was like, hey, I'm going to drop back down. We're going to do like once a week instead of three. And I was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel with you working out completely on your own. But, you know, I can't hold you in the training Mm -hmm. program. If that's what you have to do, I understand. And, you know, he, he was like, yeah, that's what I have to do. And one day I was sitting doing an assessment, and I was... At, at the gym I was working at, our desk was right in the middle of the gym, kind mm-hmm. of. You know, it was like out, almost like at LA Fitness. Yeah. And when I was looking at my client that I was assessing, I could see in the background, like 30 feet away, I could see him standing there talking to another guy. Yeah. And he was just standing there talking, and I guess had stood up too fast from his last set or whatever, mm-hmm. wasn't holding on to something, wasn't holding on to his cane. And his eyes rolled in the back of his head, he fell backwards, smashed his head. Jesus. Blood started coming out. Um, I ran over, was like, Ezra, Ezra, are you all right? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing? And he was like, where am I? And mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, yeah, you hit hard. Yeah. And so we called 911, and they came up, and the EMTs were acting like nothing was wrong. They were like, ah, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please take care of him, man. Like, he's such a good dude. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we got him. And he left in the ambulance, and then, like, five days later, his wife came in and was like, hey, I need to cancel Ezra's membership. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, he's not quitting. And she was like, Ezra passed. He, Jesus. He went to the hospital. They thought everything was fine. Mm. And then they, you know, they, they just kind of did a quick little, um, like, operation or whatever mm. to make sure that there wasn't, like, bleeding in the brain or sure. something. And they didn't think there was. And then they ended up, he, he like had some really bad reactions. They went back and looked and there was bleeding in the brain. Yeah. So then they did like open brain surgery mm-hmm. and uh, died of pneumonia from, from the surgeries and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a prime example. And that's kind of a, you know, that was a crazy event, you know, to happen. I've never seen it happen right. since. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be, able to stabilize yourself you have to be strong enough to hold yourself up Mm -hmm. and function and you have to be flexible enough that if you do have to reach a certain range of motion that you can and you know it's it literally is like life and death at a certain point of age you have to be able to do that Mm -hmm. stuff 100 percent. yeah i do i do think constantly about uh efficiency and functionality and like as i advance in age I want to be strong and functional. And uh, I think about longevity a lot when I train. Yeah. That's a a main focus for me in the gym. Yeah. Well, and you have to ask yourself, like, what do you want to be doing when you're eight? Do you want to be sitting in a a chair stuck in so much pain that you're on Mm painkillers and, you know, watching the news all day long because you just have nothing else to do? Or do you want to be, like, out traveling and hanging out with your family and playing with your grandkids and you know, like actually feeling good and vibrant, going dancing with your wife and, you know, stuff like that. And just one day, you know, not waking up one day, right? Rather than going through this whole cascade of like falling apart over time. And you really, that that is in your hands. Unless you have some sort of, you know, uh, disease or something like that, like that, that is in your hands. You can totally control 
you know, how strong you are and how stable you are, how flexible you are, and how healthy you are. Yeah. Yeah. You can improve the, the odds. Exactly. The very least. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's 90% of the population, right? We, like, we could look on the other side and look at, like, the people who are trying to turn the knob to 11, like the athletes, the like the Ronnie Coleman's of the world, right? Who They're few they, and far between. Yeah, 100%, right? Like, 90% of the world should be trying to improve their life outside of the gym in the gym yes right but that other 10 percent, yeah that's the the other 10 percent is i mean that's like i said the ronnie coleman's the ones who are willing to put it on the line for some sort of title for some sort of recognition like that yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. so i i want to cover like we've been having a really good conversation i don't want to end it but um i want to cover a couple of these listeners questions because Mm -hmm. we did have some good ones and i think that they're definitely applicable to you know a lot of our listeners um one of one of the questions comes from uh, a kid his name's elijah Wan, and he's in my massage therapy class and in massage therapy we have to be in a relatively compromised you know postural position for a very long time every day um and it can tend to aggravate the back and i think that that applies to a lot of people you know i mean surgeons i know are like hunched over a, a person for 10 hours straight or yeah. something there's not you know? a nurse i know that's like pain-free out there yeah 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 they're <laughs> lifting people up yeah, for sure. i mean if you're lift, if you're at a desk then you know you have a whole different sort of of uh you know postural distortion happening from sitting like that so his question was you know what's the best exercise slash programming to be able to strengthen the lower back and the core to be able to handle that sort of a lifestyle and and have longevity in it and not end up in seven years broken down and not you know not being able to continue with his career yeah i think i think you just have to look at like the like the specific stance or like the specific demands that each profession kind of kind of needs Right, so like we're the exact shape. Yeah, that you're right. Using. Right, and, and then you go back to the unconventional training because you're probably not going to see a whole bunch of conventional exercises that that are going to really benefit those professions. Right, so like think of nurses; they're picking up people that can't stand up from out of bed. Right, or they're picking up people twice their size and trying to put them into into a wheelchair. Yeah, go back to your strongman days. Right, like people are picking up boulders and then putting them on shelves. Like that's the same concept. Yep. Right, so you could you could look at something like that. At the same time, like a massage therapist or, or somebody who sits at a desk a lot, they, they need to work on thoracic extension, anything to, to pull them out of a flex position. So you could think like RDLs, deadlifts, big fan of deadlifts. Um, yeah, yeah big fan. But um, you could do corrective exercises face down on the ground and work from work thoracic extension from that position too, right? I love that. You yeah. could work, um, I when I think of massage therapists, I don't think of, feet underneath hips like standing over somebody like this right like i again i think of that staggered stance mm-hmm. right so you could look at like a like a b stance rdl something like that right yeah. one foot in front of the other try to load up that single glute that or the stance like glute that's in front um so for people who might not know what that looks like can you describe that that motion just a little bit i'm telling you we need to turn this into a video oh, podcast. It's gonna be a video podcast yeah let's put this sure. thing on youtube get guns on there but yeah we um so if I was if I was to work if I was to work my right leg in a B stance RDL right like it's it's the the motion is is similar to a conventional RDL right feet underneath hips we're gonna hinge at the hips drive the butt backwards lats engaged and then we're going to 
fold over essentially, try to get a big stretch in the hamstrings, and then finish with glutes at the top by standing all the way up. Squeeze those butt cheeks. Squeeze the butt cheeks, right? Yeah. But but in a B stance or uh, like a quote unquote, I've seen people call it a kickstand mm-hmm. stance. But um, like you're gonna work your right leg, so you're gonna put that leg out in front, and then you're gonna bring your left leg back, and you're gonna uh, lift up the heel on the left leg, right? And you're gonna place most of your weight into the right heel. And then you're just going to do a conventional RDL from that position and focus on working your right hamstring, right glute. Dude, I love those. Yep. How would that compare to just a single leg RDL? Single leg RDL. That's so so a Go single ahead. leg RDL is essentially, it's it's like a, I don't want to say it's like a like an upper echelon like type it's of advanced. movement, but it's, it's very advanced, right? Because it, it demands all of that hip stability, that lateral and hip stability. And flexibility, right? Is, but like, would it be a regression from a single leg? From a single leg RDL, hundred percent, because you're adding another single point of stability, right? Mm-hmm. That yep. foot on the ground is going to add more stability. You're going to have more balance. Yep. And ultimately, more makes power. it a little safer. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I I use those all the time because, for me, from what I've seen with my clients, and you know, I mean, I've trained hundreds and hundreds of people at this point. I would say of all those hundreds of people I've trained, maybe I had, you know, a handful of people that could properly do a mm-hmm. single leg RDL without, you know, a hip hike or something like that going on. Yeah. Um, and if you do something wrong, you're just creating bad habits and you could injure yourself mm-hmm. that way. So it's like you can get the benefits of a more single leg or unilateral position with a little more safety mm. um, and, and not, you know, needing as much flexibility or whatever and or stability. So it's kind of like a middle ground exercise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've been doing a lot of B stand RDLs lately, actually, just to, to compensate for all the sagittal plane, the, the bilateral movements that I've been trying to do for this meat prep, for this powerlifting meat prep. So I've been doing a lot of B stance RDLs, but I've been incorporating a band around my hips like tied to a rig right and i'll put the band around my waist so then i'll walk forward get tension i'll do a b stance from there or a b stance rdl glutes exactly right we're driving more hip hip extension from that flex position right it cues hip flexion right and then you extend through the band you're going to get more glute activation it's going to you can manipulate yourself to where it pulls you one way or the other so it's going to work a little more lateral stability without putting yourself onto one foot and you're holding, I mean, the heavier dumbbells that you hold, the more you're working yourself out of thoracic flexion into extension, and you're getting your lats more involved. Lats are a big thing, right? Like people who, huge, huge thing, right? So I think, I think the more, the, or the stronger your lats can get, the more stable your low back is going to get, right? Because your, your lats stabilize thoracic spine. Once that thoracic, fly, that thoracic spine gets pulled into flexion, the next segment down the back, lumbar spine. Yep. Right, that's where a lot of injuries come from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's Did you actually know, you know what? glorious answer. It's latissimus dorsi, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, you know what that means in Latin? I don't. So lati- something wing, right? No, latissimus is. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Latissimus. Yeah. Latissimus. Uh, it means the broadest okay. muscle. Dorsi meaning back. Okay. So it's the broadest muscle. Hmm. Back. Fun fact. Yeah, you we, do read a lot, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's probably in his YouTube history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that was a glorious answer. Um, there's there's one more question that we had um, from from a listener, and uh, 
basically this person is looking for you know kind of general wellness and fitness mm -hmm. they do do a little bit of sports on the side um, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff like that sure. but their question was do you is it safer for your joints to do low weight high rep or high weight low rep and I know that that's kind of a complicated question to answer but if well, a client tell asks you, you that say. <laughs> well it depends on uh, the, the person and <laughs> it does it does right and it depends on the sport that they're in yeah right so brazilian jiu-jitsu that's going to be number one out of my realm more into my business partner jacob croker's realm like he's a he's a muay thai artist he's gonna know a lot more about this than i will but i would say it depends <laughs> it, it depends right like like I'd, I'd have to see what they're currently doing and, and where they want to go and what their limitations are but if we're if we're talking about safety, like you can go yeah, higher, general. yeah, higher reps is probably going to be easier on the joints. Lower reps is going to be a little more demanding on the joints, right? When like we say lower reps, we need we need lower reps. most likely increasing weight. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. High weight, low rep. Yeah. Well, and do you think that there is um, there's value? to doing the high weight, low reps, you know, throughout training to be able to stimulate like bone growth yeah. and bone density. 100%. Because, I mean, I think it's great to sprinkle in there, even for your average trainee, if you can, you know, can actually train them right, have them in the right form. Because if all you do is lightweight, high reps, then your body's not going to be built up to handle anything else. Right. And if you do have to lift heavy or whatever, those joints might not have that same strength, that tensile strength. Yeah, like the, the more load and demand that you place on your structural, your structural, well, it, it'd be structural stability, right? So your bones, like the more they're going to adapt to that stimulus, right? If you just keep with lighter weights, higher reps, you're going to work hypertrophy a little bit more, right? Which is muscle growth but not necessarily bro bone growth to that extent, right? Like At it, what range? Like rep, a, like okay. a rep range? If, if my professors were watching, they would want me to say 12 to 15 would be high, or like 8 to 15 would be hypertrophy. Anything above that, up to 20 would be endurance. Six reps or lower would be strength. That being said, you can work hypertrophy from pretty much any, like I... I've worked hypertrophy in lower rep ranges, right? Like I do six reps of one thing. I'm, I'm seeing some sort of muscle growth at some point, right? So it really doesn't matter. It's, I think it's like there's certain rep ranges that tend to kind of focus more yeah. on hypertrophy or more on strength, but right. you kind of get a little bit of everything from each one. You're going to adapt to what you haven't done before or like what you haven't been doing. So anytime you kind of, tailor your program to something that you're not good at or something that you haven't done in a while that's when you see the most I love that you said that because it, it's like if you've been doing high rep low weight for 20 years yep and you you take up. you take that person mm -hmm. and you put them on an eight rep six rep yep. scheme with a with a higher weight mm -hmm. watch that person blow up yeah mm -hmm. well and you take you take that same person right like you look at them from day one to when they started to the end of that first year and then the next 19 years they look the same yeah yeah right like like but, so it's not necessarily it's like people ask me what's so what's better i've been doing uh you know 15 reps on, on this weight for the machines for about six weeks or whatever uh should i keep doing that or should i 
uh, try a lower rev scheme. Well, I'd say just it doesn't really matter what you do next as long as it's something different. Yep. So you're you're adding in a stimulus for your body, a new stimulus for your body to adapt mm-hmm. to. When adaptation is the goal, right? Yep. Um, so the the science goes and shows averages of where we build muscle or you know where we build strength and endurance but ultimately when your body is adapting it takes new stimulus and forms new adaptations based on that your body is an adaptation machine so exactly. whatever dude, you throw dude, at it that's it funny is, i say that shit all yeah. the time word yeah. for word yep. so, all so the time. new things are where you adapt to most likely if you've been doing anything for 12 weeks or more try something new uh, I've seen people I've, all right let me rephrase I've heard of people gaining strength off of a, a deload week mm-hmm. <laughs> you know more rather than increasing their load by five pounds that yeah. week yeah so it's the new stimulus and recovery and adaptation that I think some people can miss yeah yeah absolutely well Honestly, you know, this has all been really good info and I think we covered a lot. Mm. So I'd like to kind of do like a little summary for those listening, um, you know, just just to kind of put it all back together. Um, you know, we, we covered why you should do a program design, which, you know, really at the end of the day, it's specificity, yeah. right? Yep. You, if you're not specifying towards something, you don't have a measurable goal, it's really difficult to try to move anywhere. Yep. Um, as far as the unconventional training is concerned, you know, try to challenge yourself to do different exercises. Don't just do forward lunges, do side lunges. Life you know? is unconventional. That's yeah. the takeaway. Write that down. Absolutely. Write that Write down. Write that down. <laughs> and tr- yeah, do things that are going to help you in your life. If you're, you know, if, if you're somebody who is working lawn maintenance mm-hmm. and you're having to get down on your hands and knees all the time, up and down, dude, lunges and Turkish get-ups and stuff yeah. like that are going to be great for you to strengthen that functional ability. Um, let's see, what else did we cover? Relationships. <laughs> God. <laughs> Tristan and his relationship. Oh, I've got improve notes your, on that. Improve yourself and that will probably improve your relationship. Yep. And then let's see what else did we hit on? Search history. Search uh, history. Yeah. Hair follicles. Be anonymous, yeah. Protect privacy. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's pretty stability. Much stability. Yeah. That that's another big takeaway. Longevity. Yeah. Really dig down deep and and see what is it. What does your life really want to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're wanting to be able to go out and travel and enjoy a hike and go skydiving and whatever you want to do functional things in your life mm-hmm. train for that function don't don't just train for aesthetics mm-hmm. you know if you are thinking you want to train for aesthetics ask yourself is it really that i want to look like that or is it just that i'm looking for acceptance and understanding you know because at that point you can you can train totally different and still get those mm-hmm. aesthetics and get what you really want and be happy about it um so yeah, I, I think that was some awesome information. Thank you for coming by and, and sharing and everything. Um, where can they find you on social media and, and online? Uh, Coach Ryan Hanks on Instagram. And that's about the only place you can find me because I'll probably be in the library. <laughs> Nobody finds me in there. 
Well, and you've got some uh, some program designs coming out, right? Yep. You're so be running. yeah, so that was the whole reason I was down here. So uh, me and my business partner, we are going to be creating some click and purchase programs for anybody who's not interested in one on one coaching necessarily, or maybe just wants to dip their toe into the waters, right? So we're gonna come up with uh, six week program designs, and they should be up on the website within the next month or so. So awesome. uh, yeah, website is royaltypersonaltraining.com. Sweet. Nice. So you got that. Go check out that website. Go check out his Instagram. He's got some really good content. Of course, come by and check out the Beyond 360 pages um, on Instagram and TikTok. Um, what else do we got? Facebook. Um, come check us out there. Uh, this podcast will be up running. It'll be our fifth episode, and hopefully we'll have Ryan Hanks back uh, pretty soon. Yeah, send this. Do... Do us a favor. Send this to someone you think would get something out of it, and do them a favor too by doing that. Yeah, tag us in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want we want to see people sharing this because I think this is stuff that we wish more people knew. Um, but there's only so many people we can bug at the gym. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and as far as a call to action goes, get out there, try some new exercises. Try a program design if you haven't been using one. If you don't know program design, hit one of us up. We can help you out. You know, we're, we're more than happy to help you guys find out, you know, what it is you need and, and help you get there. Okay. I think that's the world's longest outro, but we did it. Who cares? <laughs> See ya. Are you doing that lifting competition? Grindfit, the, the lifting comp, July 24th and 25th, I think. So I lift on the... So you have two more months. Yeah, I'm 11 weeks out last Saturday. Nice. What do you want to lift? Do you have a goal for that? Me? Why aren't we putting this on the podcast? Why are we, oh, we are. Oh, we are? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus, that was pretty quick. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is just for fun. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, my I'm hoping to get, I don't know, somewhere around six on the pole and then... Anything over 345 is going to be a win on the bench. And my I have a poverty squad, so... I don't know. What's your squat at? Because at least you can get on your fucking back now, right? Yeah. Shoulder's still yeah, shoulders still hurting me a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Like I'm I'm hoping for something around four twenty five. I think I'll I think I'll give something over that, but four twenty five is a win. Yeah, you gotta take that. it. Yeah, I think so. Especially as a natural athlete. Like, yeah, I just how, hit how structuring the competition. Is it like an open meet or so it's um it's a sanctioned meet. RPF I think. So, I mean, okay. there's going to be tested, sweet, tested lifters there and everything. and That's yeah. good. So it'll be actually freaking, you know, it'll be fair. Mm-hmm. And last year, Dan Bell was there? Yeah. Or was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago now, Dan Bell was there and he squatted over a thousand pounds. I was going to say, he did a world record then. That uh, so I think he hit it the week or the meet before and then he came down and hit it again that same meet. Yeah, that's so insane. There's gonna dude. be some big boys there, and I lift on the second day with the big boys. That's awesome. Yeah. I was gonna ask fun. you, like, what's your mindset going into it? Is it like a fun thing, or? So it's gonna be my first one, and then I'll have some other athletes there. I haven't first done a power sanctioned meet. first sanctioned meet. Really? I've so I've ran a couple. Like I was like I was the director of a couple meets, and then me and the other people who were running the meet, like we lifted afterwards. Hmm. So. Yeah, it was nothing. So this will be like the first official. Official. Me and yeah, in cool. 
Yeah, and tights and everything. It's gonna be. <laughs> I gotta be see this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can't yeah. miss that. I will Pick be. I will tights. be bringing extra socks so I can stuff down there and make it a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You're gonna have to. Man. Yeah, I mean, you gotta make it. <laughs> I mean, you gotta put on a show, right? Extravagant. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, that's what I keep telling everybody. Uh, I keep telling everybody I'm a I'm a grower, not a shower, but I don't know if that's true either. I'm not a grower or a shower, yeah. you know, it's close. It's just, neither? Is there a, yeah, is it's just, neither? You know, I'm a I'm a male. <laughs> it works? Yeah. I sometimes. 